You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. already in the books can you believe it i right as we started i had a burp really bad i'm having salsa water hang on i'm good i think uh but no i can't believe it's already done that was uh that was a really good week one it like, was that was an a plus week one yeah we're, we're what eight seconds into the podcast and you're already having a meltdown <laughs> pretty much happens every week this is it? unbelievable see this is a time where a professional podcast would say let's just restart this real quick and guess what we're doing johnny rolling we're not we are rolling already. I'm giving you that we are rolling going forward. We're going through this. The only way, uh, the only way there is through, my friend. So um, we just keep on marching. What a week one, though. Seriously, you're 100% right. I mean, matchups everywhere, and honestly, just the feeling of having football back just doesn't get better. It just doesn't get better. After further review is back, we are going to recap everything week one. And, I mean, I'm telling you, every week it's just going to happen already. We're already just right, again, like Sean, like us powering through the start of this podcast. We're just powering through to week two, and this is what we do. Um, it is Wednesday, September 14th, as these words leave my face. This will be your Thursday, September 15th episode. Um, so we're going to get you ready, locked, and loaded for a great Thursday night matchup tonight as you listen to this. Um, and another fantastic weekend slate of games to go. So we're going to get into absolutely everything you need to know, recapping week one and getting ourselves ready for week two. Before we get there, I want to thank Anchor FM. Anchor is our uh, sponsor for the show today, and as always, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor FM app or head to anchor.fm and let them know that Connor from After Further Review sent you. Shani, how are you, buddy? What is going on with you? I'm good. I was a little uh, depressed on Sunday at 1. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Patriots game, but I'm happy oh, that the Commanders, ever. as the first time ever being the Commanders, got the win against the Jaguars. So congratulations. I know you were there. That was um, great. With your, with your job. So congratulations to your Commanders. Oh, well, thank you. It was wonderful. We did, in a lot of ways, try to not win. But you know what? Listen, man, it just it just doesn't matter how you do it. You only get 17 of these, Shawnee. So you got to find a way to win. You just got to find a way to win. Um, even if the Jaguars just really didn't want to win. Um, we're going to get into everything, Commanders, as well. I have um, plenty of thoughts on the first inaugural game for the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz's debut, rookie Jahan Dotson went off. I mean, plenty of things to get into on the Commanders' side of things. I know tons of Commanders fans listening to this, so we're going to get into everything uh, Commanders. But, um, John, your weekend was good. What did you do on Sunday? Did you have any good grub? Was it... Uh, 
and any good food or were you doing the big tank of water and gnawing on a celery stick like you tend to do Ew, so, no, no celery. Okay. But yes, I did have the big tank of water. I think I made some Mexican food. Okay. Um, and just watch the games and, uh, you know, try to enjoy the Patriots for like the first drive. Yeah, you got the TV set that, up, right? Just... Do you have the TV set up in the apartment? Yeah, no. no, I don't have, I don't have a TV because I never sit down and watch TV. Um, so I'm like, I'm not going to spend a couple hundred dollars on a TV. So I just watch everything on the computer. You chiseler. Um, you watch your NFL games me. on a computer? I watch, yeah, oh. yeah, Direct TV Sunday ticket. Use my mom's account. Oh God, this is so bad. <laughs> and, uh, You're an alleged adult. Uh, no, but it's perfect because what happens is when the Patriots start losing. Now I feel like a Redskins fan. When we start losing, well, when the Patriots, things really have turned around. When the Patriots start losing, uh, I just put on Red Zone, which I think the Red Zone is probably the greatest invention ever. It really is. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any disputing that. But yeah, I uh, I just sat home and uh, watched a little bit of uh, football in red zone and watched my Patriots lose. So I'm nah. a little bitter about it. If you can't tell. Well, I'll tell you. You have that one bitter Sunday. If you want to be akin to a Redskins fan, what you need to do is have that happen to you every Sunday, and then go back until the first Sunday that you were born and have that happen all the time, and then you're a Redskins fan. <laughs> um, until <laughs> then, you uh, you. you Still, again, just have the Super Bowls and the fan base and all the great things that, uh, anyway, all the pain in my face. But don't worry. Um, it's okay. It's a new dawn. We're 1-0. Sean, the Commanders have never lost, ever. Did you know that? We literally have never lost. So it's incredible. We are an undefeated franchise uh, as we speak. So I say we get into everything week one, shall we? We shall. You want to start out with that Thursday night game, the well, season opener? Let's go ahead and jump right into it, Shawnee. What was the score? All right, so we had the Bills defeat the Los Angeles Rams 31 to 10. Despite the score, Connor, it seemed a little bit more spread apart um, than it actually was. It felt like a closer game, although the Rams' offense just could not get anything started. Um, Cooper Cup, though, he did have a good game. Matthew Stafford made some uh, mistakes, but Josh Allen, man, he is looking like the MVP. A lot of people think he's going to be, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, they picked up literally right where they left off, right? I mean, the Bills, I mean, the hype train was running. Not Eagles-esque. I mean, the Eagles hype train was just dumb, but the Bills hype train was just running off the tracks and people were just going way over the top that these they're just going to moonwalk their way to the Super Bowl. Um, but the good news is they did nothing to stop that hype train. Um, Josh Allen almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he, he also had 56 uh, yards on the ground with a touchdown to add to it. Stephon Diggs had a crazy night with eight receptions, 122 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, th this game was honestly, Sean, I'll go as far as to say the score at 31-10 was not even what it what it could have been. I mean, I felt like the Bills could have easily gone into the 40s here. Um, the Rams just didn't show up in any capacity. I mean, Matt Stafford didn't have a good night at all. He had 95 passing yards um, by the time halftime came around. Um, garbage time, they started racking up some yards as well. But, I mean, 31-10 wasn't necessarily indicative of just how much of a beatdown this was. Of course, Cooper Cup's going to get his, right? 13 receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he'll find a way to be productive, but God, what an awful start for a defending Super Bowl team at home um, in SoFi uh, for the Rams. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. The Rams, um, not great. The good thing is, though, that their division is winless, um, except for the Seahawks. No, the Seahawks won. That's not the winless division. The That's uh, right. AFC South is the winless one. They're a one-win division, um, but you still gotta you still gotta think that the Rams are gonna at the end of the season be better than the Seahawks. So that the last note about this. Um, the, the last that, yeah. note about this, Sean, and we posted on our Instagram about this Thursday night game that was amazing to me was just how dominating. 
I mean, it was just a dominant force was Von Miller. I mean, literally, I thought, and, and most people thought, that Von Miller coming from the Rams to the Bills was going to be kind of, all right, this is his sailing off, this third team in three years. This is, you know, this is kind of probably going to be one of his years where he'll be relatively productive, maybe stay healthy, who knows. He just took over that game. I mean, completely and utterly took over that game, and that Bills defense was, I mean, as impressive as their offense, uh, if that's even possible. I mean, I don't see a weakness on that team as long as they can stay healthy. I mean, how good was that? I mean, it was just it, they just dismantled the Rams in every capacity. Now, it's not to write off the Rams, but God have mercy, did that uh, week one go very south for them. Yeah, no, it definitely did. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another NFC matchup. This was the Saints and the Falcons down in Atlanta. It turned out being a really, really good game. Um, Connor, I don't remember, or I don't know if you remember last week, I had the Falcons actually winning this game. They didn't quite do it, but it was only a one-point game at the end 27 26 the saints now 1 and 0 on the season falcons dropped to 0 and 1 another loss in atlanta for the falcons uh but still a really really good game to watch it was it was a great game to watch if you were not in atlanta or in georgia or had any real connection fandom wise to the falcons because i mean this is just another one of those nauseating losses right the sky is blue the pope is catholic sean likes to drink water and the falcons piss away leads right it's just that, that those are just basic human fundamental truths that most people understand to be true um they just can't do it man i mean they led 16 to 7 at halftime 26 to 10 the falcons were leading with uh, a couple minutes into the fourth quarter uh, and they just they couldn't do it. It, it just the falcons are one of those teams where it was so surprising to see how quickly they got off to a kind of a hot start honestly like Cordero Patterson was great on the ground Drake London had a fantastic rookie premiere um, five receptions for 74 yards Cordero Patterson over 100 yards again on the ground with another touchdown Marcus Marietta didn't look bad but I, I gotta tell you man I, I can't I can't make sense of how the Falcons, for for some godforsaken reason, they just can't. It doesn't matter what coach. It does not matter what quarterback. They can't. They can't hold on to leads in any capacity. Um, 26-27. I mean, the Saints just kind of made their way, um, kind of moonwalked their way back into this game. Um, Jameis Winston with two touchdowns for the air, 270. Jarvis Landry over 100 yards receiving. I mean, that was a guy that I didn't think was going to be as productive. But they just found their way back into it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just – don't know how you could possibly leave this not feeling as depressed as possible as a Falcons fan. All right. Well, to Charlotte will go and Baker Mayfield looking for revenge against his old team. Uh, he couldn't get it done though. The Browns with a 58 yard game winning field goal to win 26 to 24. The Browns for the first time since 2001 have won week one what were your thoughts on this game, Connor? Yeah, it was um, I was looking back. I didn't watch this game. Uh, live, I was kind of catching, you know, I had it, I was up in the press box, I was kind of catching red zone in, in the corner of my eye, and I, I would kind of check in on this on occasion, but um, it was a really, I mean, this game, looking at just kind of the all 22 a little bit and some of the condensed versions of this game, like the first, I, honestly, a majority of this game was just an embarrassing offensive performance. Um, the offensive line couldn't protect Baker Mayfield. I mean, the, 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 Panthers offensive line was just so bad um they couldn't get any sort of drives to stand in any capacity um and then Jacoby Brissett was awful like in this game he was just straight up awful um missing Amari Cooper on on a pivotal third down um this is this is early in the game I mean in the in the first quarter alone um he's over shooting like 
swing passes to, to running backs out of the backfield. Um, he had an interception dropped, should have been a pick. He threw in a double cup. He just looked really, really dreadful. Um, Mayfield was fine, 16-27, to 235, a touchdown and a pick, um, which the pick was just the worst just overthrow you'll ever see. Um, but for the most part, I don't know if we learned much about either of these teams. I don't think the Panthers are going to be particularly good this year. I just, I, Baker just doesn't feel like he's the answer. They're just, there seems to be weird vibes coming out of, of that situation. And, and the Browns, we know that they're just waiting for Deshaun Watson, right? You, you saw Joshua Dobbs uh, warming up at one point because they just were, J- Jacoby Brissett was just struggling so much. Um, the difference in this game when it came down to it was a running game, right? It was a running game for the Browns. They were able to get Nick Chubb going. They were able to get Kareem Hunt going. Nick Chubb with over 140 yards on the ground. Um, like I said, Donovan Peoples-Jones, six receptions for 60 yards. Um, Christian McCaffrey found the end zone. I mean, he he only rushed uh, 10 times, so he didn't have as much of a presence on the ground. But uh, the Panthers really you know, didn't have many positive takeaways offensively. I mean, they started getting into a little bit of rhythm and Robbie Anderson with over 100 yards receiving with a touchdown. But I don't know if we learned much um, from these two teams, to be honest with you, Shawnee. I, did, you, did you see any and, and feel like there were any takeaways for you? No, I, I don't think either team is going to be particularly good, especially not the Panthers. I just wonder how much more time Baker Mayfield has as a starter in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I think the Browns, when they get Deshaun Watson back, and was it a 10-game or 12-game suspension? I can't uh, remember. If I'm going to split the difference right there and tell you it was 11. Oh, it was 11. Yep. Okay. When they get him back uh, week 12, that would be then. Um, I, I think they'll be better. They have a lot of weapons, but uh, the Panthers are just – they're not going to have a good year. Baker Mayfield's not the solution. Sam Darnold is not the solution right. down there. Um, I, I just – I think that the uh, the Panthers are going to have to be uh, reevaluated. Yeah. Um, if not during the season, then at the end of the – end of the season but I think the Browns um will probably have a few surprise wins here and there um before getting Deshaun Watson back uh but I think they'll definitely get better once they have a solid quarterback uh, taking snaps yeah and this is again let's go I'll I'll say one last thing yeah I mean this is the same team that blew out Joe Brady last year um their offense coordinator in the middle of the season you just feel like a change of head coach is on its way I think Matt Rule's probably on his way out the door there um, by the time the season wraps, I mean, if it really goes south and and uh, you know this team finds itself at you know one and five, two and six, I, I think you could see a head coaching change in the middle of the season too. To be honest with you, Shawnee, but um, no, I totally agree with you. Where are we going next? All right, we're going to Chicago. This was kind of a head scratcher. So the Bears win nineteen to ten over the visiting San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if we should blame Trey Lance, the 49ers offense, defense, or the weather. What do you think? Yeah, like if you didn't take much away from the Browns Panthers, like I, I almost, I'm not sure if you can take anything away from this game. You know, and there's a few games like this in the calendar year, Sean. We talked about this. I, I don't know if it was last episode or couple episodes ago you know that big wind uh terrible you know rain wind situation up uh with with your patriots in uh, orchard park when when the weather just completely took over a game right um washington uh, at the time the redskins played uh the 49ers at fedex field a couple of years ago and it was this exact way it was raining endlessly it was just a slog fest and and really no team could could explore their offense properly the the, the passing game was not really a thing you know running backs couldn't get their footing I think this was just uh, to be honest with you the the I don't know if you can take much out of this you know Khalil Herbert on the ground was was good right he had a touchdown 
Um, Justin Fields had two touchdowns through the air, but again, 121 yards for Justin Fields on the other side, Trey Lance, 164 yards. Um, he, he had 13 rushing attempts, which just kind of shows you this, this was a game where the weather just completely took over. So I don't know if you can take much out of this. And I'm sure if I, if I sat down and watched the whole game, there, there was some takeaways I could give you, but, um, from just looking at it from a surface point, uh, level standpoint, I, I just, I don't know if you can take much from this. I think the bears have uh, mother nature to thank, um, to be one and oh, I do think that there's some things, um, with Trey Lance that worried me before that worried me a little bit on Sunday. Again, I'm not sure how much you could really blame him anyway, um, that I think are, are, are going to surface, um, as you know, he starts throwing football and, a sunny 75 degree weather. Um, he had a comment after the game that was kind of funny, Shawnee, where he was like, I just need to get back to San Francisco and get out of Chicago. And it's like, well, I mean, it is rain, but you, you will play in Seattle and Seattle's not known for wonderful temperatures. And if you really, which the 49ers see themselves as Super Bowl contenders, you're, you're probably going to go to Lambeau at some point, you know, you're, you're going to be back in Chicago, you know, playing in December. It's like, well, I get, get used to it. This is the NFL now. Um, so <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting, man, but I'm not sure if I have really many takeaways there. Bears 19, 49ers 10 in a really crazy soldier field. What would you uh, get from that, John? Yeah, I, I think it was mostly a weather game. The second I saw it on TV and I saw all the, uh, the rain and then the players at the end of the game actually like sledding through <laughs> the rain on their bellies. <laughs> it was crazy. I, just like you said, I instantly thought about that Patriots-Bills game last year yeah. where you didn't really gauge how good the teams were because of the weather. Um, it, it's more of a who can deal with the weather better. And last year right. was the Patriots and their running game, and this year was uh, the Bears. So um, I, I think it'll be something to watch, though, Trey Lance, see if he uh, lives up to the hype or if uh, they might need to uh, see if Jimmy Garoppolo needs to go in. <laughs> um, I know that they signed him, oh, uh, restructured his contract, I guess we should say. All right, um, this was a really fun one. This definitely had a lot of takeaways. So the Bengals ended up hosting the Steelers on 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, this game had a little bit of everything. It was uh, a really, really ugly first half. And when I say really ugly, Connor, there was a news article on it as the game was happening that showed up on my news app. And it was – the headline was – Bengals quarterback has one of the worst first halves in NFL history. I think he threw four interceptions in all the Bengals had five turnovers. Um, Burrow's first pass of the season was a pick six, which is just a horrible way to start your season, especially as the team uh, that went to the AFC uh, or went to the Super Bowl representing the AFC. Um, but even with that, even with five turnovers, the best the Steelers could do was force overtime. And then you just had a bunch of block kicks and you had misses and you had uprights and you had dings and doinks everywhere. The Steelers finally, as time was winding down, were able to make a game winning field goal in overtime, 23 to 20. They walk away in probably, I, I would say the biggest upset of week one what do you think yeah no i i without a doubt think so now i'll preface this by saying and i, I hate to say this but and i could be wrong and maybe i'm wrong any team coached by mike tomlin is gonna have a shot I, i'm sorry he just i think that highly of him i don't think the steals are particularly good I, I just don't think they're gonna be very good i'm not sure how much i trust in a shootout mitch trubisky but the story in this one was the steelers defense right as you said f five tur five turnovers by Joe Burrow, right? Four interceptions. 
and a lost fumble, which is like I, I think that might have been his worst professional game that he's played. Um, you know, and this this is again a team that comes off of a Super Bowl appearance. Um, Evan McPherson missing, you know, field goals and um, you know trying to ice the game away, and it's like you couldn't really make sense of it. I mean, from the start, the Steelers kind of put it to the Bengals, um, walked into uh, halftime um, with a lead, um, and and it just it felt like they were going to be a menace all day. Now, this again is an AFC North battle. Anytime you get interdivisional battles, I mean, it's always going to be something that um, kind of sparks a, a little extra flame there. But um, Burrow ended up with two touchdowns. He had four interceptions, a lost fumble, um, three thirty-eight through the air. Jamar Chase ended up really catching on, and he, and he orchestrated a nice little comeback in the second half. But the story here was the Steelers' defense, right? I mean, T.J. Watt completely taking over. Minka Fitzpatrick with a pick six, and he had the blocked uh, extra point that that stopped this game from ending in regulation. Um, Remarkable. I mean, this is this is. I think again. I, I and if if T.J. Watt is is hurt for an extended period of time, like I just don't know what the Steelers really have in terms of cards to play with. Um, he's that special. But what an entertaining game! By far the most exciting game of the weekend, and, and definitely probably the upset of the weekend too, Shawnee. Um, really, really exciting. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully the Bengals can get right back on it. I, I I don't doubt that they will. But this was a a brutal start for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, something that they they really need to watch some game film and try to correct a lot of those mistakes. Oh, yeah. And uh, there were definitely a lot of them. All right, the Lions hosted the Eagles. The Eagles, I believe, had a 10-point lead with just a few minutes remaining. Um, and then the Lions, they, they almost they all, almost always do it, Connor. I mean, I mean, how many games last year was it like the Lions came within a couple points? They they put together this crazy comeback, and they just they fell short. Um, and that this was another case. The Eagles beat the Lions 38 to 35. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, but everybody's kind of overhyping the Eagles. I think everybody's overhyping Jalen Hurts. Definitely. I, I don't think if you are as serious as people are, if people think that you are the serious team that they're saying you are, if you're the Eagles, like a Super Bowl contender, I saw a couple bozos on ESPN um, having the Eagles in the Super Bowl, um, you can't be letting 35 points up when you're in Detroit. You, that's just not – you can't have that type of defense and expect to win a Super Bowl against the Lions. Yeah. Am I wrong to say that? No, definitely not, and I, they, they're not Super Bowl contenders. I'm sorry, they're just not. I, do I think they could win the East? Sure. I mean, if, if the Cowboys are going to be as bad as we think they, they could be, I, don't, I still don't think the Giants are going to be great. I, I don't think the Commanders are going to be – Great. I mean, I could be wrong. I think they have a lot of upside, but I'm just not sure if I would really put them as anything more than a wild card possibility kind of ceiling. Um, look, yeah, I, I, the the thing here where both defenses were just just awful. Um, the and and the Eagles defense could not stop DeAndre Swift in any capacity. 144 yards on the ground on 15 attempts with a touchdown. Jared Goff wasn't particularly impressive. I mean, he had a pick that was tipped. Um, one of his his picks were were tipped and. Um, I, I didn't really feel like he was either won them the game or, or necessarily lost them the game. He was he was okay. Um, the Lions' defense is bad. I mean, they're just bad. And the Eagles took advantage of it. Um, they, they scored a defensive touchdown with a pick six. But um, I'll be honest with you, the Lions' defense was bad. And, and on the flip side, the Eagles' defense was bad. Um, the two things that stood out for me here were receivers on both sides. Amonar St. Brown. I think has the potential to be a, a legit star in this league. 
Um, not just a productive receiver, but an actual star. Uh, had a touchdown. Um, his stat line wouldn't necessarily knock your socks off. 64 yards on eight catches with a touchdown. But he's just such a great route runner. Really physical. Great hands. Um, just a balanced overall receiver. And then on the other side, A.J. Brown. Um, came to show up. I mean, 10 receptions, 155 yards for him in his Eagles debut. Um, so those are two receivers to watch, two guys to watch on either team as they part. Um, Washington has uh, the Lions uh, upcoming, and I think we're going to see what the Eagles can actually do this coming Monday night against the Vikings, um, coming off a huge win, and, and we'll see really what, what the, the Eagles are made of. Um, I just don't think the Lions are particularly good. Um so, yeah, really, uh, again, closer on the scoreboard than, than it really was. But, I mean, that speaks to the Lions, you know, giving them a, a good punch at the end and the Eagles defense kind of faltering. But either way, Eagles 1-0 and Lions uh, dropped to 0-1. All right, so we had our first tie of the season. It was the Colts and the Texans, a game that the Colts definitely should have won. It ended up being 20-20. to uh, Some questionable decisions by Lovey Smith towards the end of the game. Nonetheless, both teams are 0-0-1 to start the season. So let me ask you this, Connor. Even though it was a tie in, in the record book, it goes down as a tie and nobody won or lost the game. Is it fair to say that the Colts actually lost the game and the Texans won it, given the expectations going into the matchup? You know, I... I think you can you can say that, right? I think you can say that. And, and Lovey Smith had something really interesting to say after the game in regards to his decision to punt, right? 26, I, 20 some, I don't have the exact number, but it was in the 20s in terms of seconds left on the clock in overtime. They had the ball with a fourth down at midfield, and they decide to punt it, and they decide to literally just settle for the tie. Um, and a Lovey Smith, and I think correctly, was getting a lot of heat for this and going, what are you doing here? I mean, what's what's the deal? And he had something interesting to say, Sean. He goes, he said something along the lines of the fact that his team was gassed, and, and you know, that's just where we are right now. I know where our team is at. Uh, our defense was gassed, and I think we were just happy, essentially just happy settling for the tie. And he admitted that as much. And he was getting a lot of heat for it, and I think correctly so. You should never want to play for the tie. But what does that say about where the Texans are? And, and it's Lovey Smith being totally honest, for better or worse, and you have to commend him for it, is him saying, dude, we're essentially, we're bad. We're not good. Um, this team is not competitive right now. We don't have a good roster. So a tie is a win for us at this point. And, and the Colts were a team that were heavily favored coming in and obviously incredibly overrated going into week one. Um, so whatever, we'll just take the tie and, and take our victory. Um that's really for the Texas. Davis Mills was not bad. Um, they didn't really get any running game going. Um, I, I don't really know if there's much to take away from, uh, you know, Davis Mills' performance overall. Um, Brandon Cooks um, played pretty well uh, in this game. I, I think the bigger thing, man, is just the Colts. I think that's the bigger thing to take away. The Colts thought for some reason that, hey, ditching Carson Wentz and just kind of rolling with what we have we just drop Matt Ryan in there and everything's going to be fine with our stacked defensive talent and Michael Pittman and and all of our toys that we have that we think can just completely carry over um maybe it was just a bad week one maybe it was a bad week one and 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 I'm you know missing something but I think this this Texans team is is or this Colts team um 
is in some trouble. This was a really, really embarrassing opening opening game. Matt Ryan was not particularly impressive. Jonathan Taylor on the ground was exactly what you thought he was, right? 161 yards, a touchdown, 31 attempts. Um, and Michael Pittman had a great day through the air. But other than that, I mean, this this defense was struggling. Um, the offense couldn't get in any sort of rhythm in any capacity. Um, the Texans were where they were. But, I mean, you expect so much more from the Colts here. So, yeah, the takeaway is, if you're a Texans fan, it, it, in a sense, it feels like a win, right? You're settling for a tie, so that leaves a weird taste in your mouth. But if you're the Colts, you couldn't think of an easier landing spot on your schedule than to start in Houston. Um, and uh, all you do is leave now with – uh, you know, a one in the third column of your record, right? <laughs> like no one wants to be doing that mess. Um, but that's just what it is. Um, so we'll see how that ends up progressing. Maybe the Colts come out this week and look really good, but God, what an awful showing for them. And ties just make everyone un- unhappy. All right, let's go down to Miami, even though I don't want to Patriots playing the dolphins. Uh, it's been really ugly for the Patriots down in Miami. Uh, in about the last decade, uh, get another loss down there. Dolphins win 20 to seven. Connor, I'm going to invent a new after further review term. Please do. I it's love called, terms. It's called Tuaism. Now, Tuaism is when you have flashes of really, really good quarterback mixed in with some really head scratching throws. All right. So <laughs> I'll talk about this game first. Patriots, our offensive line look good. Our offense, I would even say, looked good. We were more willing to throw the ball downfield. That It led to a, a first possession interception that it should have been a penalty, bounced off the defender's back. He was holding, and then somebody else caught it. Long story short, we didn't get in the, in the end zone at that time. Um, Mac Jones, I thought, looked good. Had that interception, also had a touchdown pass. Um, a pretty good completion percentage. Our defense, our tackling looked really, really good in the first half. I think we we held Tyreek Hill to something like six carries, but only 50 yards, which anytime Tyreek Hill gets like five or more carries, you're expecting him to automatically have 100-plus yards just with how quick he is. Um, our tackling was outstanding to start the game. We were wrapping guys up, making tackles on the first try, knocking people down uh, behind the line of scrimmage. It was really good. Got a little bit lazy. Um, in the second half, and the Dolphins kind of walked away um, with the win then. They also had a uh, – right before halftime, they had a touchdown um, that the Patriots just completely messed up on. Where I get concerned with New England is the rest of our defense and the offensive play calling. Again, we can tackle, but I don't think our defensive play calling – our offensive play calling and the defense overall is good enough to win football games. Uh, one of the big storylines going into the game was that the Patriots didn't have a play caller. It was being split between um, Bill O'Reilly or uh, Matt Patricia and um, uh, now I'm forgetting the other guy's name. We don't have a, an offensive coordinator. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing. You <laughs> that's need the to message. Know. Um, so, so it, it, the offense wasn't flowing as well as it should have. Again, I, I still think it looked good. Um, but for the for the Dolphins, I mean, Tua, like I said, you, you had some Tua-ism. You had some really, really good passes, and then you had some at the end where you're like, um, what? <laughs> what is going on? That that was just not a pass you should have made. Like a, a, a two-year-old would have not thrown that ball. Um, I, I think he gets better as the season goes along, uh, as long as his weapons um, like Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill and Mike Kosicki do not get hurt. Um, I will say this, Mike McDaniel, first year head coach, first win as a head coach, 
Seemed like he had his team under control. The only complaint I have to say about him, Connor, is that he takes kind of unnecessary risks. There were points towards the end of the game when it was pretty clear the Dolphins were going to win. Where the Dolphins had the ball, they were backed up deep in their own zone, and he was like throwing the ball on second down. Hmm. And, you know, a touchdown like that, and it's a one-possession game. Yep. You know, it, it was stuff like that. He went for some some bizarre play calls at some weird times. Um, I, I don't think it was a horribly managed game, but I, I, I do think that um, he's going to have to probably be a little more conservative, yeah. especially against better teams. Would you believe this, Sean? Tua Tagovailoa is 4-0 against Bill Belichick. Isn't that I would. I saw insane? That, Isn't that an insane stat? I, know. I mean, I'll tell you, man. I, and look, I, I don't, I don't know how good the Dolphins are going to be. We're gonna, we're gonna have to play this out and see. Um, obviously, I mean, Jalen Waddle and and Tyree Kill. I mean, talk about weapons um, for for Tua and for that offense. But I want to say three things that I took away from the Patriots that I think are really, really concerning for me, Shawnee. Um, I actually, and you said otherwise, but from what I saw, I thought the offensive line was terrible. And, and actually, I would go as far as to say they were they were so bad in pass protection that you could tell that there was a change by the second half um, to kind of a quick tempo, quick throw offense to try to get the ball out of Mac Jones's hands because they you, just you weren't, weren't picking up blocks at all. Am I missing something? Was that right? No, you're. I meant to say defensive line. That is my. I meant we were stopping their run game pretty yeah. well. That is my. No, our. You're right. Our offensive line was awful. It's I mean, so bad. When Mac Jones got sacked, it was a guy coming out of like absolutely nowhere with no resistance. You're right. That was my bad. I meant to say defensive line. No, no, offensive no. Offensive line was trash. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> I, right. never, I couldn't believe how awful they looked, and and Mac Jones just just couldn't get comfortable. Um, the other thing was that the lack of getting, and it was funny because. Midway through last year, Hunter Henry was such a big target for Mac Jones, and he was really productive for the Patriots offense. Um, I just don't know why, if your name is not Jacoby Myers, they can't get involved through the air. Like, Devontae Parker did nothing. Devontae Parker is supposed to be your number one, right? He's that guy they brought in to yeah. be that one receiver, and it's like, um, you know, where, where is that guy? Like, Jacoby Myers should be lined up in the slot. Like, this guy shouldn't be your number one receiver. I mean, he's a great receiver and he's a great weapon, but you got Devontae Parker. Um, like you said, you got Hunter Henry. Go out and go out and use these guys. Um, and then Damon Harris and Ramondre Stevenson just, just couldn't get really much going on the ground, right? Like 48 and 25 yards respectively. So it just ends up putting so much more pressure on Mac Jones and what really needs to be. Um I'm concerned, dude. I'm concerned about your Patriots. Um, what's your level oh, of concern? Yeah. One to ten. Um, I'll give it right now a six because I really did like our offense, especially on the first couple drives. We just couldn't finish drives. I think that's a relatively easy correction. I think that's easier to fix than our defense. Right. Interesting. Well, we'll keep and see. We'll, we'll keep yeah. on and see, and we'll, I mean, we'll see I mean, if Connor. If, if we finish drives, I can count three drives that we would have scored on. And all of a sudden we have the lead. Now, I don't know if that means a win or if the Dolphins start trying harder later in the game, but we at least have probably two or three more touchdowns. So it's just, it's one mm-hmm. of those games. I'm sure you've seen them before. Oh, I saw it um, on Sunday. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah, nickname it's is like, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, We'd be winning by so much more if you just freaking scored. Yep. Anyways. All right. This game, Connor, I would say if there was one game that was 
as advertised that turned out being exactly how we thought it would be. It would be the Ravens at the Jets. Yep. Lamar Jackson went off. I think he had three touchdowns, one interception late in the game. 24-9 to win for the Ravens over the Jets. Uh, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, talk about putting a bet on yourself and saying, nope, I am not going to sign that long-term deal. Most guaranteed money of all time. You can shove it where the sun doesn't shine, and I'm going to take more risks on myself. It, it, it ended up being a little bit of a slower start, but, I mean, once they got going, it was over. I mean, Lamar Jackson was having himself a day. Rashad Bateman um, had himself a day. Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews. I mean, just, you know, the the whole kit and caboodle. Um J.K. Dobbins was sidelined um, for the game, but uh, Kenyon Drake stepped in there. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. What's there to say about the Jets? I mean, I, I I hate saying this, but Joe Flacco is not a functional NFL quarterback anymore. Like he, he I I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why. I, just start. Is it Mike White? Who's their Who's their third string guy? Um, just start him. Uh, like I I don't it's know. Not Mike White. Yeah, Joe Flacco can't – he just can't can't do it. Like, his final – dude, he threw the ball 59 times. I mean, talk about garbage time. Um, by halftime, he just had two yards over 100, so 102 yards and an interception at halftime. Um, it just it just was yeah, a lot of back foot throwing. From, I mean, he's just, he's just not an NFL quarterback right now, and I'm, and I'm sure he'd be great as an analyst. I'm sure he'd be great – Doing whatever he's doing is he's just not a functional you know functional NFL quarterback right now. And if you're at the Jets, I know you're you're sitting here dealing with, well, when Zach Wilson's healthy, well, we just hold out when Zach Wilson's healthy. And I'm just like, I don't know, dude. They just did not look good at all. So for Jets fans, just pray to God that Zach Wilson gets back sooner. And uh, if you're a coach at the Jets, and for some reason you're listening to this, just start Mike White. Like, what are you all doing? Um, kind of how we expected a 24 to nine. Yeah. Ravens take the W there. They're just, that's just kind of how it was supposed to go. All right. In Tennessee, we had a pretty shocking upset. The giants end up beating the Titans 21 to 20, uh, after going for two, uh, in late in the game, uh, they didn't want the tie. They wanted the win. Connor, did you like that play call? Dude, I did. And, and listen, you're going to hear me say something here. That's, that's really strange. Um, because I, 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 I hate the Giants. I hate the Eagles. I specifically hate the Cowboys, right? I, I'm a I'm a Redskins Commanders fan, and the reality is, is the NFC East teams I hate. I want them to lose all the time. I was really happy to watch the Giants win this one. Um, it it's odd because I don't like them, but I was so happy to see it. I've said this now about the Bears. I've said this about my own home team. I've said this about the Giants. Um, the NFL is just better when those teams are good, right, Sean? Like, they just they are. The NFL is better when the Bears are competitive. Um, the NFL is better when the Giants are good. The NFL is better when the Commanders are good and winning again. And FedEx Field is not empty. It's it's full. It's exciting. The NFL is just better in that way. And and it was really refreshing to see the Giants come out with a win, and and not in a you know. Look, they're, they're a year removed from Joe Judge kneeling basically on a third down in his own red zone in week 17 for some godforsaken. <laughs> just literally quitting, right? And, and, and Ben McAdoo and all of his craziness. and uh, they're, they're not far removed from, from having head coaches that not only are not competent at the job, but are quitters, like complete quitters. Um, if there's one thing Brian Dable just said to the world right now is he's not a quitter. Um, he will go down in flames or he will come out a winner. And he did. He came out a winner. And can you imagine uh, 
if that and to run like a, a a flick toss play to Saquon Barkley on the on the goal line. I mean, how risky is that? I mean, he is literally two yards away from either being a hero or a villain. And can you imagine the heat he gets if that doesn't work and and you lose a game in Tennessee that you worked so hard to to kind of scratch and claw out a, a team that's on the AFC side that's just better than you. Um, it was really impressive, and the, and and the Giants should should really be proud. They overcame a lot. Daniel Jones with a terrible red zone interception late in this game that just made you feel like the Titans were were just going to ice it away, and they didn't. Giants defense stood up. They they played really really well. Um, and this was the Saquon Barkley show, man. Saquon Barkley looked like rookie year Saquon Barkley again. Um, he was just off and running 164 yards, a touchdown on 18 attempts. Um, Sterling Shepard with a huge touchdown in this game. Um, to get them back in this. Um, Daniel Jones was not particularly sharp, but it, it just didn't matter because at the time when they needed it most, he stepped up. Um, Derrick Henry on the other side only ran the ball 21 times. I mean, that's a guy who gets the ball at the Rock 35 times a game. So it was weird to see them only um, run the ball with him 21 times. Um, the Titans, man, they just have kind of this weird way of playing themselves in and then playing themselves out of games. And and I can't really put my finger on it. I'd have to look at this game a little deeper. I didn't get the chance to look at the condensed version of this game. So I'll have something probably better for you next week to talk about the Titans, and we'll learn about them a little more this week. Um, but it just – I don't know. I, I've, I've watched Tennessee do this time after time. It feels like year after year. Um, they get stagnant on offense. Um, Ryan Tannehill just – just get stagnant or staring guys down or bad decisions or the offense just isn't moving well. Um, some really weird, ridiculous play calls um, from Mike Vrabel in this game. So lots of things that, you know, going forward, I think the Titans are, are probably going to clean up and be better. And I, I don't think the Giants are on the road to being a playoff team this year. I just don't think so. But they're led by a leader now. And I think it's very clear he's got the locker room and looks like he's got the hearts of New York fans. So I'm really happy for that. As weird as it sounds, I'm happy for that. And it was really fun to watch. And seeing Saquon running full speed again, I know he's going to kill us this year. Um, But it was great to see. Um, And the Giants get a huge week one victory. All right, Jaguars at Commanders. Connor, 28-22 win for your team. Yeah, so this one was was really interesting, Shawnee. Um, I could go on for 30 minutes with this one, but um, I'll keep this as, as concise as possible. Um, I thought it was a really, really impressive start for Carson Wentz. Now, statistically, if you watch this game, statistically, you know, over 300 yards, four touchdowns, he had a pair of picks. Um Nothing that would, would, you know, blow your socks off. Nothing that would really, really impress you. And and if you watch this game, on the contrary, you actually saw some things from Carson that were concerning, right? He had two back-to-back picks on back-to-back offensive plays. Um, one just awful out route, just late throw right into the arms um, of, uh, of, a, of a sitting Jaguars, um, sitting Jaguars corner. It was just a terrible throw. And then Trayvon Walker... Um, first round, first overall pick from this last draft, just made the play of a lifetime on, on a pretty weird, totally misrun uh, screenplay from, from Washington's offense. But what you saw from Carson Wentz in this game was something that we were concerned we, we didn't see last year and we hadn't seen in his last year with the Eagles, uh, was overcoming adversity. Uh, and he did. And he did. Um, Washington came out to a 14-3 lead. Um, they scored on back-to-back. They scored a touchdown on their opening offensive drive. They haven't done that in a long time. They scored on back-to-back offensive possessions to start the game. 
touchdown wise um, for the first time since they won the Super Bowl in 1991. So this offense, not only were they productive, but the, I think they can be a legit threat. Like I think offensively, this team can be a threat. Uh, Terry McLaurin found the end zone on on a deep play, a, a beautiful, a, like elite throw from Carson Wentz, stepping up in the pocket, manipulating a defense with his eyes um, to get himself back in the game, um, get them within. I think they got got him within a point at that time, um, or got them within two points because they missed a two point conversion. But uh, Jahan Dotson, their receiver pick in the first round, had two touchdowns um, in his debut. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he had a bad fumble, but my God, was he just so electric. He was putting dudes on skates all day. I mean, just turning on dimes and out of the backfield. He was running in the slot, outside, you know, down the middle of the field. I mean, they were using him everywhere. I was so impressed by Scott Turner's offense. Um, I think a lot of positive things to take away from the offense. This defense, again, I'll, I'll say it like I say every week, is such a concern for me, Sean. Uh, I'm still just so concerned. Jamin Davis had... A horrendous game. I mean, he was so bad in this game. Um, William Jackson, our our corner, who we're paying, he's the second highest paid player on this team, and he had a horrific game. Uh, Kendall Fuller, who's usually a star, had a terrible game um, in the secondary. I mean, the secondary was really struggling in this, um, and Jacksonville were able to really do what they want on the Jacksonville side. I, my biggest takeaway from this game, from a Jacksonville side, Shawnee, uh, was actually Trevor Lawrence. He he looked bad. Like, I'm just going to say, he, he really, really looked bad. Um, he was missing guys left and right. And to be honest with you, when Jacksonville started getting their footing and their offense started moving, they were able to start, you know, moving the ball on the ground. James Robinson had a big day. Travis Etienne had a good day out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, they started getting things going. Trevor Lawrence was just missing guys, like just straight up floating balls, like completely inaccurate, um, was not moving well in the pocket at all. Washington was doing a decent job up front. John Allen had a great day with interior pressure. But, God, like Trevor Lawrence could not move around in the pocket. He got sacked a whole bunch. I don't know what the final number there was. Um, he might have gotten sacked you know, four or five times, to be totally honest with you, Shawnee. He, was, uh, he really, really struggled. Um, he had a, an, a, just one of the worst interceptions you'll see to, to seal the game at the very end, um, rolling, uh, you know, on the weak side across his body and just kind of hurling it up. And it just ended up being an arm punt. It was just, it was just a really bad day. And, and I think the biggest one was, was missing Travis Etienne um, in the corner of the end zone, who just beat the brakes off of Jamin Davis. And it was, it's just a flow. It's literally just a touch pass that Sean, to be honest with you, like me or you could probably make. Um, and Trevor Lawrence just, just missed him. He just literally overthrew him by 10 yards. And it was just, it was a walk-in touchdown. Um, and that was a day for the Jags. They killed themselves in penalties. They killed themselves with drops. Travis Etienne had a, a dropped walk-in touchdown. Um, they, they settled for field goals inside the red zone. Um, they had two or three trips in the red zone that ended up, at, I think they got a combined three points out of two or three trips into the red zone, which was just um, just bad. I mean, just really, really bad. So um, it's funny. Doug Peterson, I think, is a good coach, and I, I think that team has a lot of talent on it. And, you know, you, you hope to see – Trevor Lawrence take a step up um, in this coming year. Like Josh Allen defensively as a linebacker, Trayvon Walker showed off. Um, but it's weird to see with a new coaching staff and, and new talent and, and a great draft um, and Travis Etienne back, like they were still making those boneheaded decisions that you saw last year with Urban Meyer head coach. And it's just like, what is going on? Which is very undisciplined, very sloppy. Um, so we'll see if they clean it up and they can get to going, um, get, get to get going in the, uh, 
as the season progresses, but they looked bad. I think for Washington, you just found a way to do it. Um, it was a good confidence booster. Uh, the stadium was 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 packed, um, at least in the lower bowl. Um, in FedEx Hill is never packed, but the energy was great and the fans were great and uh, the players were really feeding off it. And it was really exciting um, at the end of the day to uh, to walk away one and zero, which is something they can't really say very often. But uh, Washington comes out, yep, one and zero, uh, and Jacksonville are just gonna have to figure it out. So we'll see. Those are two teams. I'm, I'm really, I mean, obviously Washington's my team, but fascinating to see what Jacksonville turns into. Shawnee, really am. All right, let's go out to the desert. The Chiefs visited the Cardinals and got the big win, 44-21, to five touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, did, were, were, was there even a question? Like, I mean, everyone said, oh, the Chiefs are going to take a step back with that Tyree kill. It's like, really, though? Are you sure? Are you positive about that? Uh, five touchdowns, 360 for Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Um, they... They just did what the Chiefs do. I mean, there's not much more to say than that. I mean, you've seen this Chiefs offense at its best, winning Super Bowls, showing up to Super Bowls, and just doing what they do best. Um, and quite frankly, this game could have been in the 60s, Sean. They literally just took their foot off the gas, like, towards the end of the third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter. Like, if they wanted to, they, they could have put a 60 spot up on the Cardinals, who were so bad defensively, it would make your face hurt. Um, their team is so bad defensively, and Kyler Murray was was – just not good in this game at all 193 and two touchdowns um through the air a lot of that and again in garbage time but they just they couldn't get anything going I I was just I knew that the Cardinals weren't going to be particularly um you know I think they would take a step back and there's always been this weird energy with them um but you know and they're missing DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore obviously um but I you know it just it just was was really just an ugly game for the Cardinals who again they extended their coach extended their GM they and they gave Kyler Murray all the money in the world and it's like are you sure that was the right decision are you sure about that so we'll see Cardinals got their just breaks blown off them in this game and we'll see what this weekend looks like I think week two is going to tell us a little bit more and kind of answer some of those loose end questions from week one but yeah Chiefs did not miss a beat Shawnee all right, AFC West matchup, probably one of the better games of the week. The Raiders visiting the Chargers in Los Angeles. Chargers end up getting the win 24 to 19. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was uh, interesting because, again, the, the Chargers kind of did what they could to almost lose this game at the end, but just a better team. Uh, better team in this one. The Raiders were really just slow starters in this one. Um, Justin Herbert, 279, three touchdowns. Austin Eckler um, didn't do too much on the ground, but Keenan Allen before he got hurt, 66 yards. Through the air, um, Devontae Adams made himself uh, a presence, uh, 141 yards and a touchdown in his debut. You can already tell him and Derek Carr have such a, a great um, great connection. There's so much optimism um, with uh, with that pair, and I think they're going to be fantastic. Um, I, again, man, the one thing with the Raiders, I'll just say that is a problem. It's been a problem for two years now. Uh, that offensive line is just awful. It's just so, so bad, and it just it, it really disrupts um, their flow of offense that they just can't really get anything going. Derek Carr just had no time, really. He was just constantly being swarmed by defenders. Um, five sacks in this one, and just a lot of throws that were rushed um, off target, and uh, they just couldn't really get anything going. Um, and, of course, former Raider Khalil Mack um, is the guy who delivers that final sack um, at the end of the game to kind of seal the deal. So, um, 
295, two touchdowns, um, three picks for Derek Carr, who was just running for his life the whole day. Um, but uh, optimism there for the for the uh, for the Raiders with um, Devontae Adams. But um, the Chargers were just better offensively. Obviously, without Keenan Allen, that's that's going to take a you know a step back. But uh, DeAndre Carter, former former Redskin, did really well, 64 yards and a touchdown. Jared Everett, Mike Williams, they just kind of rolled. So um, yeah, I think the Chargers are uh, where they need to be. Want to know? All right, Packers at the Vikings, the uh, America's Game of the Week on Fox. The Vikings really with a, a very impressive win against the Packers who just could not do anything. Aaron Rodgers with absolutely no weapons uh, to throw the ball to. Vikings get the win 23-7 to over their divisional rivals. What your thoughts on this and your thoughts on the Packers going forward? Dude, I don't know. It, it feels a little different um, than last year. Remember we talked about them getting destroyed by the Saints in Jacksonville to start the season last year. Um, the Packers were just favored going into this. Um, again, man, 23-7, t- to 7, uh, it, it seemed like, to be honest with you, it could have been worse than that. I mean, the Packers just couldn't do anything. Now, they were missing both their tackles, right? Um, Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were out, um, so Aaron Rodgers was, was kind of on his heels uh, for a majority of this game, trying to find things, um, find anything to work. Uh, Christian Watkins, there. Uh, it's Christian Watson, I believe. Um, I could be wrong. I'm trying to make sure I say that right. Um, their first round receiver pick that they felt like was going to be a tool that they could add. Um, he, I believe, he's their second round pick, not their first. Um, he dropped a 75 yard just walk in touchdown that Aaron Rodgers put right on his mitts, and he dropped it. Um, and from there, there was like a visual. Like a, like a visual frustration from Aaron Rodgers, really from the start of this game, all the way through to the end. Um, for the Vikings, man, Justin Jefferson is unguardable at this point. I don't know what else to say. I mean he he can't be he can't be guarded. I mean he's just he's unstoppable. Um, Adam Thielen there at number two. I mean talk about could could you have a better number two there when Dalvin Cook is healthy? I mean the the, the offensive weapons that the Vikings have. I think the big thing for the Vikings though for me is we know that their offense was was there and is their bread and butter. Um the big thing their defense stepped out and showed out. And and do I think they're going to do that every week? Not necessarily, but they showed out in a big way and really just squashed anything that the Packers were trying to do. Um Kevin O'Connell has to feel so good and and you can see Kirk Cousins has a lot more confidence. He's playing with more confidence. He seems to have a great connection with Kevin O'Connell, something that he just never had with Mike Zimmer. In fact, the opposite with Mike Zimmer. So, um got to feel so good if you're the Vikings and the Packers. I don't I don't know, Sean, to answer your question, like h- how could you feel good? How could you feel like they have answers? Like what answer do they have? What what star do they have coming off of injury that's going to make you feel like, "Oh yeah, that's going to be a game changer." Like, I'll wait. I just, I think this team underestimated and they just decided to let Devontae Adams walk. And it's like, all right, sounds good. You do that, I guess, and see how that goes. So, yeah, Packers, yikes. We'll see, man, because this season could could wildly go out of control um, if they can't find something offensively. But uh, you can't count Aaron Rodgers out in any capacity, but we'll see. Can't count Rodgers out and you can't count Brady out, who went down to Dallas and got the 19-3 win over the Cowboys in that game. 
Dak Prescott going down with an injury that would result in surgery being done earlier this week. He is out for, I, I don't know the specific time, Connor. You'll have to let me know. Um, last I saw, it was an unknown um, exactly how long he'll be out. Uh, but I don't know if they've given an official number on how many weeks Dak Prescott's going to miss. But nonetheless, really impressive game for the Buccaneers, especially their defense. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so you know what's funny about this one, Shawnee, is that Tom Brady was fine in this game, right? Touchdown, 212 through the air. Leonard Fournette was a truck on the ground, 127 yards, 21 attempts, and Mike Evans did his thing. Julio Jones was involved in this game. It was great to see Julio uh, get that downfield uh, a big, big play for them. Um. Dude, Dallas was so god-awful in this game. It's just, I think, I said this to you before, Dallas's best chance was last year. Their best roster was last year. They blew up their offensive line, they blew up their receiver core, and they did nothing to fix it. They did absolutely nothing to fix it. C.D. Lamb was was not really to be found in this game at all. And then after C.D. Lamb, it's, it's literally just a bunch of me and Sean's running out there. Like, there's there's nothing out there, right? Ezekiel Elliott, he he looked you know pretty explosive. That's one positive takeaway I'd have. The defense, other than Micah Parsons, just couldn't really do much of anything. Um, and and again, man, I got to tell you, the offense, even with a healthy Dak, was just they they. I mean, I'm telling you, you you thought letting Amari Cooper and Dallas fans were so fast to chase Amari Cooper out of town, and it's like. All right, you do that. But if you expect someone to walk in here, Michael Gallup hurt, um, and and you just drop a random guy in there, like Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. He is. Um, he's he's not a Tom Brady. He's not a Josh Allen. He's not a Pat Mahomes. This is not a guy who can elevate guys to being elite when they're not. And by the way, most quarterbacks cannot do that. Um, so Dak Prescott, broken thumb, right? Uh, my understanding is that he had a couple screws and a plate in and um, uh, surgically implanted into his thumb to help the healing process. Uh, six to eight weeks was the initial timetable. Now, Jerry Jones comes out and says, we're not going to put him on IR. We think he could be back in four weeks or less. Um, that's not true. That's just not going to happen. Um, this is a broken thumb, and this is on a throwing arm of a quarterback. That's just not going to happen. Obviously, I, that's a that's a business thing. A lot of people are saying, hey, Dak could come back in four weeks. And it's like, no, no, we won't. He will not. At best, five to six weeks, at complete best, the initial diagnosis from anyone who had any medical background was saying six to eight weeks and probably close to eight weeks and six weeks. Um, but I think this is a business decision by Jerry Jones. Obviously, you, you want to have some hope. You want to have people invested in thinking if, if Dak can come back. And maybe he just went to Dak and said, dude, we need you before this. We need you to heal up. I, I, I have to have you. Because if Dak Prescott is out six to eight weeks, it's cooked. It's over. Dallas is done. Now, that's not to say that when Dak comes back, all of a sudden everything's going to be okay because he was in this game and they put up a wonderful three points. They were terrible in this game. Um, God, Dallas have so many questions, John. So many questions, and I have zero answers to them. Do you think their season is over? If Dak is out six or more weeks, the season is without a doubt over. There's no doubt. Because the problem is, Sean, for me, is that even when Dak is back, what is he going to give you? He looked terrible before he got hurt. He looked terrible. Now, Joe Burrow looked terrible week one. Um, You know, plenty of guys illegal. I mean, there was a lot of terrible, you know, 
uh, Trevor Lawrence looked god-awful. Ryan Tannehill, god-awful. Like, there was plenty of bad quarterback performances across the league. But what what is to make you think that all of a sudden Dak comes back from him and, and, and he's healthy and fine? Like, what's to say that that thumb is not impacted in any capacity? I just, I don't, I don't get where people get this concept from. So, we'll see. The answer to the question is, if he's out six or more weeks, yeah. Yeah, season's cooked for Dallas. It's over. Um, and that's just kind of where I, I think we're, we're going to end up being for them. All right, let's move on to the Monday night game. The Broncos upset big time in Seattle. Geno Smith going off for the Seahawks. They get the win 17-16. to 16. Uh, your thoughts on this one and your thoughts on the Seahawks' first half performance because that was a lot different than their second half performance. Sean, I, I do want to start with this, though. With, with this game, this was the big question for me that I was not prepared for, clearly. Now, it, again, I'm not up in Seattle. I'm not a fan. I'm not a media member up there, so it might be different. If I was up there, I might have a different takeaway. Were you prepared for all the booing that Russell Wilson got? No, not at all. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was I was expecting a video montage. I was expecting the big teary-eyed salute, the big take the helmet off and fist in the air and standing ovation. And look, when the game starts, it doesn't matter, right? They're booing him. They're yelling at him, whatever. But in the beginning of the game, I mean, there was none of that. There was none of it. You could see post-game, there was... There was just zero warmth. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson clearly hate each other, which is really, honestly, kind of sad. Um, I was not prepared for the vitriol um, that ended up playing itself out in this game. Um, yeah, big takeaway from this, Shawnee, is I just the, the Broncos just looked totally disheveled. And, and, and Troy Aikman on the broadcast brought it up. Everything just looked late. Bunch of delay, a game penalties, guys not in the spot they need to be. Russell Wilson was not particularly accurate. Um, I didn't feel like he was using his array of weapons really well. Like Jerry Judy had his big touchdown, and Cortland Sutton got involved a little later in the game, but it took took a while to get Cortland Sutton involved. Um, the Broncos just looked disheveled, and I don't know what was going on. They looked like they were discombobulated and all over the place. And on the other side of things, the Seahawks just were playing inspired football. And it clearly, I just didn't really realize how much this game meant to the Seahawks, to the organization, to Pete Carroll. Um, to, I mean, to Geno Smith personally, I mean, he played with such moxie and, and he just deserves all the props in the world. I mean, a guy who was discounted and a guy who people just, just didn't think even was a viable starting quarterback. Um, but you know, a guy who just played with such heart and, and kind of left it all out there, played good conservative football, made some really good throws, commanded the offense really well, looked like he was very comfortable in the system, um, and just gave a home crowd on a Monday night to kick the season off, something that they desperately wanted was beating Russell Wilson. Um, big takeaway for the Broncos is just how bad of a debut Nathaniel Hackett had. I mean, his clock management at the end, um, to be an NFL head coach and to, and to manage clock like that is inexcusable. It's just a part of the job that you have to be not just good at or adequate at. You need to excel. You need to know exactly. It's a game of chess with a clock when it comes down to the two-minute warning and, and, and beyond. Um, and he just completely mishandled everything, trying to set up Brandon McManus with the second longest field goal in NFL history to walk off the game instead of giving the ball to Russell Wilson. Like, what are we even doing here? Um, a really embarrassing game for him and, and for the Broncos, just an ugly showcase on national football or on national TV. Um, just a, an ugly showing, Shawnee. What uh, what takeaways did you have from this game? Yeah, I, I thought it was 
a pretty bad game, um, obviously, for the Broncos. But something that concerned me, and that's why I asked the question earlier um, about the difference between the Seahawks in the first half and in the second half, is, yeah, we can be all hyped and excited for the Seahawks, but at the end of the day, they're going to play teams that they can't score 17 points in the first half and score nothing in the second half. You just can't, you can't yep. win in the NFL like that. Um, the nope. chances are you're not going to get two turnovers on the goal line in every single game uh you're not going to have weird like you said end of game clock mismanagement where you're wasting 30 seconds off the clock to bring it down to 20 and then bringing your field goal kicker on and all that fun stuff you're just not going to have that so if you're the seahawks pat yourselves on the back good job you got the win you weren't supposed to win but now what you have to do is you have to go out and figure out how to close games better and, and figure out how to put more points on the board because you're going to need it, especially when you start playing better teams. I do want to ask you this, though. Do you Please. think we're looking into the NFC West a little bit too seriously after week one? Meaning, are we looking at the Seahawks too highly and the rest of the NFC West too lowly? If lowly is a word, I don't think lowly is a word, but I'm going to make it a word. Let's make lowly a word. It is a word today. No, let's make lowly a word. I, it is. I believe it is. Lowly? Yeah. The lowly Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's 100% a word. Well done, Shawnee. <laughs> um, I think we're talking about the Seahawks pretty appropriately, to be honest with you. I don't think anyone's under any grand illusions of what the Seahawks are or what Geno Smith can give you. Um, I think everyone, including the head coach and general manager there, know what they're doing. Is they're, They need a quarterback, and Geno Smith is not the long-term answer. It's just not. Um, do I think the Rams are going to get better? Absolutely. Do I think the 49ers are going to get better? Absolutely. Um, do I think the Cardinals are? I don't know, but they have all the talent in the world on paper to be better. Um, so, no, I think we're talking about it pretty appropriately. I haven't seen anybody overdo it or overexplain. I think we can have great uh, affinity for what uh, what Geno Smith did this week and also have the reality of this guy's not the long-term answer here, and they're still in search of that. So um, that's something for them to deal with this offseason. All righty. Well, that's all I have for games, Connor. Should we get to week two? Make our picks? Yeah, let's go ahead and let me pull up the NFL schedule for week two. Let me see here. All right. So, real quickly, we're just going to go rapid fire. Give me first what game you have as an upset and what game you have as a lock. I'll do the same, and then the rest of the games, we're just going to go rapid fire right through. All right, so what's your upset? So, my yeah, my upset pick uh, is going to be um, – oh, man. See, this is like I did last week as I'm, I'm battling between two of them here, and now I'm just wondering which one I want to end up going with here. Um. Shawnee, I'm going to go with my upset pick being the Dolphins over the Ravens. Now, this is a home game for the Ravens. Um, the Ravens are, are obviously favored in this one, over under set of 45 and, or 44 and a half. Um, I would take the over in this one. I think it's going to be a good high-scoring game. I'll take the Dolphins as an upset over the Ravens, Shawnee. All right, I like it. Well, what's your lock? My lock pick is going to be the Chiefs over the Chargers on uh, Thursday Night Football. I just, I just think the Chiefs at home uh, that – fan base is going to be on their feet they're going to be rocking and rolling um i think that the chiefs are going to take care of business um four point favorites so um i think that they cover there without a doubt i'll take the chiefs there thursday night football all right i'm going to go with my lock first and i'm going to have the Bengals over the cowboys again i think the cowboys are going to be absolutely trash without 
uh, Dak Prescott, and I think the Bengals rebound. Uh, for my upset, yep. let me see here. I'm just going through the games real quick. Give me the Bears over the Green Bay Packers. I did not like what I saw out of Green Bay at all. I don't think the Bears are a great team, but I'm going to pick the, the Bears in Lambeau Field over the Packers. I like that. All right, let's I go like through the that. rest of the game. So we have Jets and Browns. Who do you have? Um, I'm going to go with the Browns here. I mean, if the Jets roll out Joe Flacco, they're just going to lose. So Browns are going to win this game. I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. Jacoby Brissett looked awful, like we said earlier, but um, the Browns have have way more you know potential, way more playmaking star star power, especially in the backfield. If they can get the backfield involved, they're they're going to waltz away with this one. I agree. I'm going to go with the Jets as or I'm sorry, with the Browns as well over the Jets. All right, yep. Washington up in Detroit taking on the Lions. Who do you have? I'm going to pick my commanders. I picked them last week, and they did well for me. I'm going to pick them again. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, oddly enough. I don't trust this defense at all for the commanders, but I certainly don't trust the uh, defense there in Detroit. And I just think Washington showed enough offensively that make you feel pretty darn good. Um, so, And I don't trust Jared Goff. So uh, we'll take the, uh, the commanders there up in uh, Detroit land. All right, I like it. I'm going to stay with the Commanders as well. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Washington will pull it off. All right, uh, week 17 flashbacks from last year. Remember when the Colts went down to Jacksonville and they just needed a win to get into the playoffs, oh, yes. and they couldn't do it? It was absolutely awful on the Colts' uh, behalf. All right, uh, Colts back down in Jacksonville. Uh, both teams winless early in this year. Early in this year, I should say. Uh, who do you have in this one? I'm going to take the Jaguars, Shawnee. Um, I don't think the Colts are going to rebound the way that they should. Um, I think they're well coached. And again, I think they've got plenty of talent on paper. Um, I don't know. The Jaguars were a couple plays away from, from honestly, really, Shawnee, a, a, a dropped walk-in touchdown from Travis Etienne and then Trevor Lawrence just lobbing a ball over Travis Etienne's face on different ends of the field over the course of a game. It's 14 points. They literally just left on the table from from basic like pitch-and-catch stuff. Um, I think the offense can move. I think the offense can, can score. I think James Robinson on the ground was amazing. And out of the backfield, Travis Etienne um, is another amazing tool. Marvin Jones is out there, um, looked really, really good for them. And then Christian Kirk, say what you want, Christian Kirk was a factor. I mean, he put up some numbers that he he had over 80 yards receiving against Washington. Um, so I think they could do it again. I'm going to pick the Jags here. I'm going to go with you as well. I like Jacksonville down in Jacksonville hosting the Colts. All right. Tampa Bay in New Orleans to take on the Saints. Tom Brady, if I'm not mistaken, has not won against the uh, the Saints in New Orleans as a member of the Bucks, except one time in the playoffs when it really counted. Who do you have in this one? I think it happens this week, Sean. I think I'm, I'm going to take the Bucks here. Um, I think the Bucks are just more consistent offensively when they can feel their groove. And if Leonard Fournette comes out and puts out over 100 yards, it just takes the pressure off of Tom Brady. Does Chris Godwin come back next week? I don't know. Does he come back in three weeks? Who knows? But I just think consistently, if their offensive line can stay healthy, I mean, this is just a big thing with the Bucks. Can they stay healthy? Uh, can they avoid any major injuries? Um, I think at least for this week, their offense proved to be um, capable, and I don't know if the Saints can really keep up with them. I mean, they found themselves in a big hole, and thank God they played the Falcons and got away with it, but I don't think you get away with that with Tom Brady. I'm going to go with the Saints. I love my Tom Brady, but I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. I think the streak continues in New Orleans mm. uh, with the Saints beating uh, about Brady that? and the Bucks. All right, Carolina at New York. Could we see the Giants go 2-0 and to start the season? What do you think? 
Yeah, actually I do. Um, Carolina's defense is not very good. Uh, so I think if Saquon can step up and have a good day and if Daniel Jones can just avoid the ridiculous turnovers, and maybe I'm just too late in saying that. Maybe just saying that is is, is kind of dumb because in a sense that's kind of part of Daniel Jones's game, unfortunately. Like he's a tall guy, big arm, um, can, can push the ball downfield, but just it comes with the territory, kind of like Carson Wentz, just comes with the territory. But um, I'll take the Giants here, Shawnee. I think if Saquon, like I said, can step up and step out, I think – you know, I, I I don't think that Carolina have really answers defensively to stop it, and I just don't think Baker Mayfield has answers offensively to uh, to answer it. I like the Giants as well in this game. All right, New Orleans at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh one and zero. I'm sorry, not New Orleans. New England, another new team. I was like, new wow, England. two games yeah. in New Orleans yeah. in a weekend. That's <laughs> a pretty tough. There. All right, uh, New England <laughs> at Pittsburgh. You got the Patriots own one and the Steelers one and zero. Who do you have Sunday one o'clock? Uh, they're not going to have T.J. Watt. I, I think the Patriots rebound in a way. I don't know how good the Patriots are going to be this year, Sean. I, I just I don't know. But I, I think they rebound in a way. And without T.J. Watt, I, I think it becomes a little bit more of a shootout game. Um, and I, I, I would just I would trust Mac Jones in that offense. I think they're smart enough and well-coached enough where they get in the film room and kind of pick apart a couple things. And they can. I, I have trust that they can fix it. Um, I'll take the Patriots, Shawnee. I'm going to go with New England as well. All right, Atlanta out in Los Angeles. Rebound game for the Rams, you think? Uh, yeah, if I'm the Falcons, I might not even get on the uh, on the plane. I might just call <laughs> Sean McVay and say, dude, I'll just, just take a W. I'm, I'm not even going to waste the gas. Um, yeah, Rams are going to have a rebound game, and, and I think it's going to be ugly. So um, could be wrong, but uh, take the Rams in every bet possible if you're a sports better. All right, I like the Rams as well. All right, Seattle at San Francisco. Who do you have? I'll take San Francisco. I think in better weather, I think Trey Lance can can start utilizing those guys a little better. Debo Samuel was really productive in the rain, you know, um, despite the fact that it, the weather was so bad. He still found a way to get involved uh, through the air and on the ground. So I think in better weather, uh, you're, you're going to see Trey Lance push the ball down a little more and get those tools involved. So I'll take the 49ers. I'll go with the Niners as well. All right, I already picked this one. Who do you have, Bengals, Dallas? Uh, this is gonna be the Bengals. Um, this is just a, this smells of a rebound game. I think Jamar Chase is unguardable. Um, Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Um, just I, the, the Bengals are just a better team, and and without Dak, I mean, you forget it. All right, Houston traveling to Denver. Can Denver get their first win? Yep, Denver will. I think they will. Um, I again, the Texans. I mean the. They can't win or lose, which is amazing. Like it almost takes another level of just saying, yep, we're going to tie to realize, oh, man, are we bad. Um, I think the Broncos have a get-right get game, and I think this is a nice little landing spot for Russell Wilson in his home crowd uh, and home stadium to kind of have a little bit of a warmer welcome, a little bit of a, an ovation to kind of um, soothe a little bit of the uh, the clear you know, animosity and the <laughs> divisiveness that, that – uh, was his return to Seattle on Monday night. I think I think the Broncos take care of business here. I like Denver as well. All right, fun one in the desert. We have the Cardinals and the Vegas Raiders. Who do you have? I'm going to take the Raiders. I, 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 I'm going to take the Raiders. I know their offensive line is just so bad, but um, Devontae Adams, that's all I really have to say. And, and Arizona's defense was so putridly bad um, against Pat Mahomes and, and the Chiefs to start uh, the season off. So um, I – I'm going to trust that the, the Raiders can get themselves um, back involved in this, uh, you know, back on track at least. Just getting getting all the juice they can out of out of their tools. And uh, I think uh, against Arizona, they'll, they'll probably do the same thing. 
I like Las Vegas in this one. Um, I think they go to one and one on the year. All right, I already picked the upset here. I have Chicago over Green Bay. Do you agree with me? I'll take the Packers still. I, I just think the Bears aren't very good. Um, I think they're devoid of talent. I, I, I You could say the same thing about Green Bay, but let's be perfectly clear. Aaron Rodgers plays quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, so you, you can't go too far with it. Um, I think Sunday Night Football, um, Battle of Midway, listen, man, I, th- I think the Packers uh, in Lambeau at home, they, uh, they take a victory. Tennessee at Buffalo, who do you have? Uh, the Bills. Bills are, are going to win this game. T- Tennessee are just – I just don't trust them. I, I don't know how you can trust Tennessee really in, in any capacity. Um, offensively, defensively, they were getting after Daniel Jones, and I, I think they've, they've got a great and really strong front seven. But um, Ryan Tannehill just, just really makes me question things. And, um, m- look, maybe Sunday was just a really, really bad outing for them. But um, it's enough to, for me to, to just not trust them going forward. Um, not to mention you're playing probably the best team of football. So the Bills are going to win this. I agree. I think this is an easy lock for Buffalo. All right, Minnesota at Philadelphia Monday night football. What is going on here? This is Monday night football part two. Hang on. I, I just noticed this that. This is correct. All right, Monday did you night not football know that? part two, Minnesota at Philadelphia. I did not know that. Oh. <laughs> wow. Monday night doubleheader. That's exactly right, Sean. It's 7-15 for the Titans and Bills, and then Monday 8-30 Vikings-Eagles. So, I mean, that is an a fantastic slate of games. Um, yeah, Vikings, I think, are going to win this. Um, I think this is going to be a fascinating game on a lot of levels. I think you're going to see the Vikings now. I mean, look, they're they're not at home, and they're not against the Packers, and they seem to always do well at home against the Packers. Um, but I think this is a new Vikings team. I think this is a Vikings team to be really, really scared of. Um, I hope I'm not wrong because I've said that in the past and, and they have made me look like a fool. Um, I don't buy the Eagles in any capacity. I just don't. And uh, if the Eagles show up and show out against the Vikings, it's time to start talking about them differently. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen this week. So I'm going to take the Vikings here. I'll go with Minnesota as well. I do like the Vikings in this one. All right, Connor, that is it for games coming up in week two. Can't believe it's week two already. Oh, man. It's ridiculous. Um, absolutely ridiculous. But um, oh, what a great slate of games. I'm just so glad football's back, Sean. Just life is so much better when uh, when football's around. Um, another great slate of games. Uh, Shawnee, what is your plan this weekend for the games? Anything special? What are you doing? Um, I do not have anything special. I think I'll do the same thing I did last week and just uh, hang out and eat some Mexican food and watch on my laptop. What about you? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Listen, man, I will be at home. I'm so depressed for you. I'm so sorry. Hey, maybe you should just come up and watch it with me. I might have to. Might maybe have you to should just come up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might just. You we'll, might just. We'll, we'll uh, watch the Patriots or the Commanders? Oh, this is a great question. Maybe I'll put you downstairs and watch <laughs> there, the, there the Patriots go, yeah. down there. I'll just hang out downstairs. By <laughs> I'll myself. put you in your little den. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> go to your room. I, I think. <laughs> go to your room. That's exactly right. You can leave the laptop behind, though. We have some TVs over here, so. Um, but Shawnee, that sounds awesome. Um, anything else I'm missing? Uh, I think that is it. I think that's it, my friend. I'm just looking at the show sheet. I think I have everything. Yeah. Everything sticked off. We're set to go, man. An awesome slate of games ahead. I hope you guys, uh, enjoy it. Hope you all enjoyed week one. Um, NFL season's back, baby. So, um, I know, um, if you guys have been away from the podcast for a little bit and you're just rejoining us, welcome back. Um, but we will be here all season. We'll be recapping and, uh, looking forward to all the games. We will give you our take on every single NFL game. 
um, this year and uh, all the news and notes you need. So we'll make sure you guys are prepared. Um, I'm going to work on getting a guest in for next week's episode as well, Shawnee. Maybe uh, Jacob or Ian, I could give them a, a ring and see what the deal is. But uh, we also want to get a mailbag episode going in the near future too. But um, for now, we are just rocking and rolling. The NFL season is here, so you all enjoy it. Um, Shawnee, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, always good to hear you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Always good to see you, buddy. I will see you next week. And, hey, man, I'll see you Sunday. Let's just make this happen. I'll see you Sunday. Right. And uh, we're going to get some grub, and uh, we'll make it happen. And we can make some uh, make fun of each other. By the way, can we get a round of applause for Shawnee's meme game on oh, our Instagram thank you. the other day? I mean, it was a 10, an absolute 10. Um, so make sure you're following us on social media, by the way, uh, at After Further Review Pod on Instagram. Um, Sean is always putting out some great content there um, with uh, with our social media accounts. So um, make sure you hit subscribe, follow, five-star review, all the good stuff, and uh, we will be here for you. For Connor Force, Sean Olette, After Further Reviews in the books, we will see you guys for our week three preview and a week two recap. And as always, I will catch you guys on the other side. Mm-hmm.